You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Rick Neuheisel, college football analyst, former UCLA, Colorado, Washington head coach, joins us on the program. We have uh, Brian Kelly next hour. You get one question for Brian Kelly. What would you ask him? How much does he like gumbo? Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to. This is a monster hire and uh, good for Brian. He's so deserving of it. Okay. How do you do this in a tactful way? Leaving Notre Dame to take a job like this. And everybody, from what I'm told, behind the scenes at Notre Dame was shocked. So how do you do it in a classy way? Well, from behind the scenes, what I'm being told is that he and Jack Forbrick were at odds in terms of upgrades to the Notre Dame program. Wait a minute. Hold on, Rick. I got a bad connection there. It's, uh, we'll see if we can reconnect there. Yeah. We'll give him a minute there. McLovin, uh, what are we going to go with oh, here? We started out with, do you think the current college football Final Four will stick? Okay. 78% say no, so I have to ask what team drops out. Uh, uh, yeah, Paul. Why do you think people are so bothered by Brian Kelly flying back, doing a quick goodbye to his players, and then going back to work for LSU, his new employer? Isn't that the nature of the beast? Well, your team is hanging around with the possibility going into the – if Notre Dame was undefeated – and let's say that they were three in the country. Would Brian Kelly be leaving? Like, that's what I'm curious about. It feels like Notre Dame is waiting for Luke Fickle's season to end at Cincinnati. Not making him leave right now. And even though this is really important with recruiting, but it feels like Notre Dame might be waiting for Luke Fickle to coach as long as he coaches at Cincinnati. Let me bring back uh, Coach Neuheisel. All right, so you're saying that Brian Kelly probably um, didn't have a, a, a good relationship with the athletic director. Uh, let me see. Did we, can you hear me, Rick? I got you, DP. Okay. So what were you saying about uh, uh, Brian Kelly and uh, Jack Swarbrick? Well, I, the word on the street is, and I don't have confirmation from Brian on this, that they were at odds uh, in terms of upgrades for the program uh, to take it to the next level. And obviously, Brian's hearing from an agent that there's this great, uh, you know, desire for him elsewhere. And you can't blame a guy for going for a $95 million deal and, and a chance to recruit the defensive lineman that you can get at LSU, which was exactly the reason Nick Saban left Michigan State for LSU. Okay, explain Notre Dame in, in trying to get certain – how difficult is it, you know, the limitations of trying to get players into Notre Dame? You're not in charge of two things at Notre Dame, whereas in a lot of these schools, you can get anybody in. So you're not in charge of admissions. So there's going to be a ceiling as to what you can do in terms of getting kids into school. And you're not in charge of discipline. You're going to I mean, how many times have we seen Notre Dame with the honor code kids not being able to play? Nick Saban puts them in a ride along with the <laughs> local security and they're back on the field. So you're not in charge of those things. And those might seem like little things, but those are, uh, those are game changers when you're trying to, you know, play for the big prizes. How does it work behind the scenes that you could put a deal together and it feels like it's a 24-hour period? How did you do it or your agent do it? So you can, you can stay clean because you can say, I didn't speak to anybody, but your agent <laughs> certainly did. Yeah. Well, those those conversations obviously are going on and you, you just make sure that your agent understands 
You don't want to be bothered until it's the appropriate time. What I would say, though, Dan, is we need to move the appropriate time at least a week later. And the reason we can't is because of this uh, December signing date. I would advocate, I would push all my fellow coaches or what used to be my fellow coaches towards going back to a February signing date. Stop this nonsense because the transfer portal is going crazy. You're going to end up choosing from that, that buffet line first anyway. And let this coaching carousel wait till after this weekend, after we've made the term determinations as to who's in the playoff. To hear Gary Barta last night say that the committee may weigh in, that Brian Kelly's absence could have a factor in whether or not Notre Dame should be in the college football playoff, that's nonsense. Yeah. And we're doing it to ourselves. Coaches just need to wait one more week for all this carousel to begin. And if we'll move recruiting back to where it belongs, we can, uh, we can get that accomplished. Yeah, I said the same thing about 15 minutes ago that let's say Nick Saban was sick and couldn't be in a playoff game or uh, would they hold it against Nick Saban? Uh, the fact that Notre Dame got this far and Brian Kelly's not coaching, why am I penalizing Notre Dame again for Brian Kelly taking the LSU job? I, I, I think that that's embarrassing that the committee is going to use that. I, I, it's, it's unfathomable to me. I can't, I can't understand it. And if I were a Notre Dame player, I would be absolutely irate. I mean, they're sitting there in the six hole. It doesn't take a lot of imagination, nor a lot of, uh, you know, chaos this weekend to get Notre Dame into the top four. And, you know, you can argue about their strength of schedule and such, but you can't sit there and say, well, their head coach is gone. Yeah. Uh, that, that to me is ri ridiculous. You wouldn't say it if their left guard was gone. So you shouldn't say it because their head coach is gone. Better job, Notre Dame, USC, LSU. I've always said, and you'll know I'm a West Coast honk, that the SC job is as good a job as there is in college football. It sits right in the middle of Southern California, which is laden with talent. Unfortunately, much of that talent for the Pac-12 has been leaving, right? The, the two quarterbacks that were on top of the, uh, uh, of the Heisman race, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State and Bryce Young at Alabama, are both Southern California kids. I mean, that's, that's where they're from. And Lincoln Riley coming to SC is the best news for not only SC, it's the best news for the Pac-12 and certainly George Klyovkov as he starts to negotiate the next TV deal. Then would you have LSU over Notre Is LSU a better job than Notre Dame? Listen, Notre Dame has the most mystique of any of the teams in college football. And for that reason, it's kind of like a rock band when they come to your town. Everybody wants to go and see, and that makes it exciting. It's why they stay as competitive as they do, because for a lot of kids, that's an exciting deal. But LSU every year is going to get the best from the state of Louisiana. They're the only power five school in that state. And that is, that is an unbelievable uh, region for great college football talent, in particular defensive front guys. And those guys are the gold bullion of college football. Yeah, it sounds strange for somebody like us, you know, our age to say that LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. But the reality is LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. And then it begs the question, and this had to factor in Lincoln Riley's, uh, you know, as he mashed this all up. The, what is the SEC going to be now that you're adding Texas, you're adding Oklahoma, 16 teams, there's probably going to be four team pods. 
LSU, if I'm just doing my own pods divvy up, LSU is going to be with A&M, probably the two Tennessee schools. So you're sitting there going, that, that's not a bad gig. You're going to have to play Alabama every other year, uh, but not every year. So maybe not as good. But, but that Oklahoma gig for uh, Lincoln Riley to be in the SEC recruiting against all those guys or being in the West Coast <laughs> and being the uh, big fish in the pond like he is currently in the Big 12, adding $110 million to that package makes that pretty uh, attractive. What do you do if you're Luke Fickle at Cincinnati? Well, he's got to be the uh, favorite to get the Notre Dame job. I had it on pretty good authority that he was very close to the SC situation, but waiting to see what happened at Notre Dame. Uh, the question is, was Marcus Freeman going to leap uh, in front of him and take that job? Remember, Brian Kelly pointed out that Marcus Freeman was a head coach in waiting. Uh, whether it was at Notre Dame or somewhere else. And it's interesting, Dan, that uh, Jack Swarbrick saying, I not, may not name an interim. I think he would do that because he wants Luke Fickle rather than putting Marcus Freeman in as the interim and having the kids all respond to him, as I think we all know that they would. Yeah, he's the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. I wondered about this prior to the Michigan-Ohio State game. If Jim Harbaugh had lost last week, could you have seen a scenario where maybe he looked at it and said, I've gone as far as I can go here. And maybe I go I back to the NFL. I don't think so. I okay. think Jim Harbaugh is a throwback and it's not just because of the glasses he wears. I think he was going to ascend uh, Mount Everest until he got to the top and got to summit and plant a flag. And, you know, as much as I've had difficulty with Jim in the past, it was actually fun to see him get that done. That was as collegiate a scene as I can remember with all that maze on that sideline in the aftermath of that win. And Aiden Hutchinson talking the way he did about what it meant is everything you love about college football. How tense did it get between you and Jim Harbaugh? Oh, well, in the aftermath of that game where they beat us 17-9 to and I'm driving down the field and uh, just – don't get it in. And so I go over to shake his hand and he slaps my hand and says, what do you think about that, Ricky? <laughs> it got tense. <laughs> if it was go time, how would it have played out, Rick? Well, I probably would have lost, but I would have been in such a pure, I would have just gone for it. I mean, he's a little bigger than I am, but uh, you know what? I just remember the shock that came over me. And then you remember he did the same thing to Schwartz when he was in the NFL and Schwartz was with the Lions. And I was literally watching film that day uh, after our Saturday game. And I said, he did it again. And everybody's <laughs> wondering what the, what the heck is going on. And I said, and Schwartz is going after him. And I'm sitting there, you know, kind of mad at myself that I didn't do the same. But, uh, but no, it's, he, listen, he is, I, I, I liken him. If he's on your team, you absolutely love him. And if he's not, you want the next shot at him. But he called out Ryan Day after the win over Ohio State. He was oh. like, hey, some guys wake up on third base and want to tell you that they hit a triple. And I'm like, wow. I'm not, in, I'm not into the pop culture and all this stuff, but he is the ultimate troller. Ultimate <laughs> troller. <laughs> Great to talk to you again, as always, Rick. Thank you, buddy. Happy holidays, my friend. Thank Enjoy you. the weekend. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. <laughs> 
or stream us live on the Peacock app. He is uh, Brian Kelly, the LSU head coach, joining us on the program. Good morning, coach. Congratulations. How do you feel? I'm a little tired right now, but I'm, I've got chicory in my coffee down here in Louisiana, and it tastes really good. Well, you got a lot to get used to down there, food-wise. Um, and, and you're not a po'boy after uh, the contract details were released there. So uh, congratulations on that. What does LSU give you that Notre Dame could not give you anymore? Well, I don't know if it wasn't – it really didn't have anything to do with what Notre Dame couldn't give me as much as another opportunity, another challenge uh, to come down in the SEC um, – you know, to play in, you know, obviously, arguably the best conference uh, in the country. Um, and, and the resources here are incredible. Uh, so, you know, I just think another, another opportunity, uh, one where um, you're going to be challenged uh, week in and week out amongst the best. And um, I was at that time in my career that I was, I was looking for that new challenge, Dan. And um, I'm really excited. My family's excited. Uh, we haven't been in this part of the country. And, um, we're looking forward to it. Our, our first day in, in Louisiana was yesterday, and um, it's, it's pretty exciting. When did you start looking for that next challenge? I don't think you – you know, you're so focused on your team, you know, um, that that my focus was on my guys at, at Notre Dame. Uh, so um, I don't know that there was ever a, you know, wandering eye at, at all. Um but, you know, we're curious. We're coaches, right? We're always looking for, you know, that um, that next challenge. And, you know, when the season was over and, and um, you know, things started to move quickly, uh, this opportunity presented itself. And um, that's why we're here where we are right now. All right. Help me out with this, just understanding that, you know, there's recruiting limitations uh, with Notre Dame, admissions, uh, you know, School discipline, those kind of things. Rick Neuheisel was with us last hour, and he said, you know, those are hurdles at Notre Dame. With LSU, you don't have those hurdles. Uh, How important is that, that you can go after players and not sit there and wait to see if somebody's going to go, we'll give you the green light to get somebody in? Well, I think each school has distinctions, right? I mean, the distinctions at Notre Dame are real, and and they are – they are incredible, but uh, I think that LSU has distinctions as well in terms of its geographical base, its ability to recruit, um, you know, the state of Louisiana. Um, as I mentioned to you before, the, you know, the, the facilities here uh, for football. Um, so, and, you know, I don't think it's that, you know, one's, you know, the negative over the positive as much as, you know, we did, we did quite well, uh, obviously, at Notre Dame. Um, you know, given given who Notre Dame is and the distinctions Notre Dame had, we had five consecutive ten plus winning seasons. Only Alabama and Notre Dame did that, and so those distinctions were still ones that were easily uh, accomplished. Um, that team is is so good. I, I believe that they can be in in the college football players three out of the last four years. Here at LSU, you've got other distinctions, and and I mentioned them: geographics, facilities incredible fan base, national championship just a couple of years ago. So all those things are real here too as well. Uh, is there a tactful way to say goodbye? Never. It's, it's, uh, it's always difficult because of, you know, 
things get leaked and um, they get out to the media before you can actually get in front of your guys. I did the best I could. I was on the road recruiting um, and and things got, you know, out to the media before. But I, I was able to send a note to my guys and then get in front of them yesterday at 7 a.m. and, and tell them I love them. Um, I love my guys. Um and um, they know I love them, and um, I think they're one of the best four teams in the country, and um, they deserve to play in the college football playoffs. Yeah, I wondered how important it was to be the, the all-time leader in victories at Notre Dame, which you did this season, and then at age 60, you know, you might look around and go, I've done, uh, I've, I've left Notre Dame in good hands, you know, 12 years in where we are and who we are and what we are, that I can be selfish and do something for myself. How uh, how accurate is that? Well, I can tell you that, that the charge that I had was to modernize Notre Dame football, bring it back to relevance and consistency as one of the top programs in the country, and we check all those boxes. I, I was never going to Notre Dame to be the all-time winningest coach. That kind of happened along the way. You know, our process was about, you know, uh, graduating champions, and we did that, and you know, the outcomes were what they were. But that was never my intent. It was to modernize college, the, the football program, which we did with infrastructure and, and improvements. Um, it was certainly about consistency in performance and, and graduating, you know, our football players. And all of those things uh, were accomplished. And, um, you know, I didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I've done all this and, and kind of, you know, said, all right, it's time to move on. But uh, I saw this as an incredible opportunity and um, excited about the, the next chapter. He's LSU head coach Brian Kelly. When's the first time LSU reached out to your representatives? Uh, you know, my, my, uh, my agent um, handles all that stuff, and so I couldn't tell you exactly, Dan, because he doesn't, he doesn't keep me in the loop on all these things. I think he, he kind of calls me when he thinks the time is right. So it was after, you know, obviously um, our last game, and, and, and we, we, we struck a deal pretty quickly. Did USC reach out at any point? You know, I think, I think there was a lot of interest from other schools. But, um, again, you know, I think that for me, um, you know, it was let's get through the season. And once we did, we kind of measured what was the best situation for me. If you were ranked third right now, Coach, would you still be in Louisiana? Oh, I don't know, Dan. You know those those are those are tough questions. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty honest guy, and 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 would would tell you, but I, I it, those those are so hard to you know to answer relative to what I've had done something different in in that situation, and I I really couldn't tell you to be honest with you. Um, because it's not the case, um, but but I, I, I really couldn't answer that question. What's the status sure. of your assistant coaches at Notre Dame? Yeah, you know, so you know we're going to hire the best coaches, right? You know, I had great coaches at Notre Dame. Uh, we can hire great coaches here at LSU. So, um, you know, they're employed right now at, at Notre Dame, and um, you know, certainly we have to be sensitive to that fact. Are there guys that I? W- would I love to have some of those guys join me here? Absolutely. But we have to go through the right process. Um, and, you know, that's that's going to be a fluid situation. Is that part of your exit with Notre Dame that you can't poach your assistant coaches? 
No, no. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to do something that is morally or ethically, um, you know, not sound. Um, and you're going to work with the university that you just left. Uh, but like I said, there's, there's, there's good coaches here that I want to talk to. There's, there's certainly great coaches that I work with at Notre Dame, but we're going to do it the right way. What happens to all your Notre Dame gear? I was going to send some of it to you. I'd but, like that. But I, I, I've slimmed down a little, but you're so skinny. I don't know. You, you probably need a medium, right? Well, I got Fritzy, and Fritzy, I'm sure, will be able to uh, fit into. He, to, thank he you. can take some of my XLs. Yeah. Now, do you just yeah. leave everything? Did you take any Notre Dame gear? Um, we haven't gotten a chance to do that yet. Um, this has been kind of a whirlwind kind of deal. Um, so it, we haven't really gotten a chance to even get back to the, um, you know, the packing of, um, my damn Patrick trophy. Oh, um, boy. so yeah, I haven't even got that packed yet. Okay. Were you building a house? What happens now? Were you building a house on campus? I built it. Yeah. It's, it's built. It's done. Oh, Are you interested? God. Does that go to Luke Fickle when he comes in? If he if if he opens up his pocketbook, I heard I heard he's got to pay. You know that Midwestern money they got to spend. Are you in a hotel in Louisiana? Yeah, I'm on the on campus uh, hotel um, and uh, great accommodations and um, plenty of Zippo potato chips. What is the most surreal moment of the last? 72 hours uh you know i I just think the 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 whole thing you know from getting off a flight yesterday at 5 30 a.m from the west coast talking to the team getting back on the flight talking to the team it's just the the continuation of um closure to starting anew um it's it's just like one one continuous um, moment in time and you just don't have a chance to take a breath. Okay, wait a minute. You're recruiting in L.A. yesterday? Yes. Okay, how does that work that you're recruiting and then do you get on the plane and find out that you're taking over? Yes. Yes? yes. Yeah, this is crazy. So you're recruiting as Notre Dame's head coach. Get on a plane in route back to South Bend, you find out that this deal has been solidified. Yes, sir. Wow. True story. Was who was on the plane with you? Uh, my my uh, attorney. That's smart. That's smart. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah, and that, and two pilots. That, that would be pilots. the heads up, though. If your attorney yeah. is on the flight, coach, that's not your well, normal recruiting could. trip. No, I know, but we picked him up at the airport because it, it already was starting to leak out. <laughs> oh, God. So you land, and all of a sudden, you're no longer Notre Dame's head coach. And now you have... I to... resigned. Oh, my God. And then, what, an hour and a half later, you get your kids together? Yes. Yeah, we had sent out a text before we left Orange County, and then... Um and uh, let them know that we would have a 7 a.m. team meeting. Did you follow up with the recruits to say, hey, if you're not interested in Notre Dame, uh, you can join me in LSU? Of course not, Dan. Of course not. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) I'm talking to Judge Judy now. 
I would do that. <laughs> hey, wait, I mean, that's are you not, kidding me? That's, that's Lincoln that's, Riley's bringing players who decommitted to Oklahoma. Well, Lincoln, Lincoln can do what Lincoln wants to do. Brian Kelly's going to do what he does. All right. Uh, what's planned for the rest of the day? Um, we're going to do some photo shoots with the family. Um, I'm going to try to find some temporary housing. Um, and then I'm going to meet with uh, a, a number of um, smaller mili- uh, smaller media types, not the power brokers like you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, congratulations, and uh, we'll, Thanks, we'll stay in touch. All right. Great talking to you, as always. That's Brian Kelly, former Notre Dame head coach. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Matt Leiner, analyst for uh, Fox Big Noon Kickoff. Uh, of course, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he's part of Fox's on-site pregame show in Indy, Iowa and Michigan on Saturday night. And that'll be for the Big Ten Championship. Matt, how are you? Not a lot to talk about in the world of college football, huh? Dan, um, first of all, I'm doing good. And, and did I just walk into you not liking fireball shots? Is that, is that what I heard? Yes, yes, you did. I'm going to. Well, I, I mean, you, let, let's have a drink. We'll, we'll take a few of those down. I'm a, I'm a big fireball guy. <laughs> yeah, but see, I, I would just rather do, you know, whiskey or something like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not mad at you, um, but yeah, I mean, how about how, how about the how about this week? I mean, just the, I, I don't think it's ever we've ever seen a week like this in college football with just obviously the amount of money that's being shelled out for these coaches, just the 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 big jobs, the big coaches. Um, obviously, I'm ecstatic, which I know we're going to talk about, but um, and then and then just you know, championship Saturday, championship weekend. I mean, there's some big games and. Um, still a lot of, you know, a handful of scenarios to see who gets into the top four. So, yeah, it, it's been a wild year in college football. It's been a great year in college football. Uh, you know, we've been on the road almost every week, which has been a lot of fun. And, again, but r- real quick, before we get into this, I'm, I'm a little jealous because every week I see my buddy BQ on with you, Brady. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just give me a little more love, DP. If you want me to get on more, you know, i got to watch my Notre Dame guy. I've been calling. We've been calling. We've asked and, for the po- and my and my buddy McLovin is there. Shout out to McLovin. <laughs> What's up, Matt? <laughs> Matt and I would do fireball shots together, Dan. That's right. Yeah, like you know, Brady is a little too pretty for this show. So you're more of a man's man. But you know, we've reached out, and they say nope. Uh, he's not available. He's not well, available. Yeah, I need to. Talk, I need to talk to somebody then. All right. Yeah. And look, I'll blow right by Brady Quinn. I mean, he never won a Heisman. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> All right. Um, 
If I told you a week ago, USC was hiring Lincoln Riley, Notre Dame was going to lose Brian Kelly to LSU, and Michigan was going to beat Ohio State, which one would you have said, that ain't happening? Uh, probably Lincoln Riley to USC. I mean, that, that was... Really? And again, I'm, I'm more, you know, obviously a little more invested in that, and, and I, I didn't see any of them happening. The only one, to be honest with you, that I thought had a shot was Michigan. Now I picked Ohio State, and, and I thought they were going to win, but that you know this team, and, and obviously now, talking about in hindsight, this team is, is just different than it's been in the past, and, and they went out and proved that, but um, yeah, the one the one that shocked me the most was my alma mater, and it shocked me in a great way, obviously. But um, you know, that weekend, I was hearing a lot of chatter about potentially Matt Campbell, yeah. and I was getting ready, you know, kind of just to all right, get on board. He's a really good football coach. Be happy with him. Um, but then I get a text um, on Sunday from from my buddy Bruce Feldman, who I know you know well, and. Um, he says Lincoln Riley, and I said, "Holy hell, are you kidding me?" <laughs> and I had, I had, I had talked to a few people prior the weeks up to it saying that he would, he the only job that he would potentially take was USC. But I was like, "There's no way." I mean, you know. And then all of a sudden it happened, and I and I couldn't be. I mean, gosh, Dan, it, it's it's that's what SC needs. They needed that splash. They needed someone who can change the culture there, can, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a home run hire in every sense of the word. Um, USC is relevant immediately. Um, he's already flipping a ton of recruits. I was just looking at some of these recruits this morning. He's already, he's already getting some guys that were interested in Ohio state. Now they want to go to USC. Like he, he's, he's hitting the ground running and I couldn't be more happy, you know, to be a Trojan and that he's the next head coach, head coach there. It's never a, done in a delicate way. It's hard to do that. It feels yeah. like there's there's outrage nationally that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. There's not outrage right. for Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, but because Notre Dame's polarizing. Is there a tactful way for a coach to leave? If you were a player and you played for Notre Dame and Brian Kelly comes back from a recruiting trip and says, guys, gather at 7 a.m., I'm right. taking the LSU job. How would you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's it's – it's it's hard because the one thing with Notre Dame is, uh, I mean, they're still they're still a, a very realistic path. They get into the playoff. I mean, can you imagine they get into the playoff and the narrative around that without Brian Kelly? I mean, it's so so that's the weird thing about that. It's just like these players are, are right there in a position, either going to a New Year's Six Bowl or or a realistic shot. Not a lot has to happen for them to sneak into the top four. And then all of a sudden, you, your your coach is is taking a job, and three hours later, he's saying bye in two minutes, and he's out. And then, obviously, you know the story out there of, of going out recruiting, and then that that news kind of breaking right after that, and his whole staff is out recruiting. So, um, is there a tactful way? Uh, you know, I'm sure he could have probably handled it a little bit better, but in this day and age, with the you know the early signing period and and the amount of money that is just being, I mean. It's a hundred million dollars, and 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 you look at you or you look at excuse me LSU, and 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 I by the way Brian Kelly is a is a damn good football coach. He's one of the best in the business. Um, but you look at the position, you know the the situation at LSU, the way they can recruit there. Um, they won a title just a couple of years ago, and then you dangle out <laughs> you dangle out nine figures or whatever it is, ten figure whatever it is, nine figures, and 
it's hard to pass up. So, yeah, look, I think it's part of the business. It's, it's unfortunate, and uh, it's the way – I mean, Lincoln, you know, Lincoln, their season was done. They did it right after, but even that happened within within hours, you know, and all of a sudden these players are, are like, hey, w- wait, what, what about me? Like, what happened here? So, Do you think Brian Kelly would have left if Notre Dame was ranked third? Uh, yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I think – I think he saw the money. Um, I think he, you know, obviously from from talking to a few people and just reading the stories out there, obviously there's some things that, you know, maybe he wanted there that didn't happen over time. Um, But uh, then again, you know, he did hit the ceiling there. I mean, he did. He he got them to the playoffs multiple times. It's just there's a gap between Notre Dame and, and Alabama's and Ohio State's and Clemson's of the world. And, you know, he just – I think he took them as far as he could possibly take them. And then you look at a job like LSU with with the talent that's available, even the talent on that roster. I mean, it's still a very talented roster. Um, you know, th- th- there's an opportunity for him to win a national championship there. But, yeah, it's – look, it's it's kind of the way this – the whole college football is set up with, you know, the, the early signing period and these, co- these coaches jumping. I mean, Lincoln Riley – was introduced Monday, which I was at the press conference. That night, he's out recruiting already down in Orange County in Southern California. I mean, it, that's how fast this is happening. There, there's no time to look in the mirror. So, um, But unfortunately, Dan, as you said, you know, the players are the one that, that suffer from that. Did Notre Dame recruit you? They did not. They did not recruit me. I, I think at the time, so at the time, they were – I believe it was Ty Willingham. They were they had a lot more of the you know they had quarterbacks that can move, <laughs> and that's not me. <laughs> I think they had a uh, Carlisle Holiday. I remember if Carlisle Holiday was a good player for them. Actually, my teammate in Arizona, um, he ended up playing receiver for us in the league. But um, I don't think I was a good enough athlete for them at the time. McLovin so. said you didn't have the academics to get in, Matt. And that's probably true as well. <laughs> Listen, I was I was a social major at USC, and I took ballroom dancing my last year. So I know. remember people people gave you so much grief for that. I remember but, having you on talking to you about that. But here's here's the thing: people need to realize I'd already graduated. I, I just had to <laughs> I had to take two units just to be eligible for my senior year. So how about this? My whole senior year which was just in- incredible. And, and, again, I came back because I wanted to be at USC and, and all of those things. I took two units because I had already graduated. So people are up and over. I'm like, it was either that or an art class. I'm like, all right, I'll take ballroom dancing. This could be fun. It was Tuesday nights once a week during the fall. So my, my schedule was just all football, one night a week. Actually, you know who I took that class with? Mark Sanchez was in that class. And, no one, and Mark Sanchez – was a true freshman, so he took it, I think, as an elective or whatever at the time. And nobody um, ripped Mark Sanchez for taking no, ballroom yeah, dancing. No. Yeah, no, man, it's all right. I had a, I, I got, I think I got an A minus in the class too. So you know, and you probably a good place to meet women. Uh yeah, you know, I don't remember to be honest with you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't even know how many people were in that class, but. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't take a lot of that with me post-USC. You know, I, I, I couldn't do the two-step right now, the box step, if, ooh, you, if you asked me to. Uh, before uh, I say goodbye, uh, how does Iowa beat Michigan in this game this uh, Saturday night on Fox? 
Yeah, look, this is uh, this is it's, yeah, look, it's not a trap game. I mean, this is a conference championship game. Iowa's a really good football team, but one of the interesting things, the way Iowa's built and the way they've won this year, is is takeaways on defense. And again, that's a that's a very common thing. You know, hey, if you get turnovers, all that, you're going to win a lot of games. But the way it is for them is thirty thirty percent of Iowa scoring has come off of takeaways. Iowa, and I'm sure you know this, is just they're not built to go 80, 90-yard drives. It's not the type of offense they have. They have fed off of their defense being outstanding at creating turnovers because it gives them short fields, and that's how they've operated, and that's how they've won a lot of games. The two losses this year, they had one takeaway. So hmm. if, if Michigan just protects the ball, which they've done all season long, it's going to be very challenging for Iowa to just to just drive and score enough points. That's just not how they're built. So that's just something to keep an eye on in this game is when Iowa is opportunistic on defense, which they are a very good defense otherwise, then they're going to have a shot to win this game. But look, they I think Michigan is Michigan Michigan is legit. They're very very good. They have their identity. They got those bad boys up front on defense. Hutchinson and Jabba who are very good players, first round guys. Haskins is a stud. It's going to be tough for Iowa, but you never Kirk Ferentz and the job he does and that team. You can just never count those guys out. So it'll be it could be a low scoring fist fight, but it'll be a good game. Safe travels, Matt. Great to have you on again, and uh, thanks for joining us. Dan, thanks for having me, buddy. That's Matt Liner, analyst for Fox Big Noon Kickoff. Yeah, we'll kick Brady Quinn at the curb. I mean, he doesn't have a Heisman. I mean, I won't say that to Brady on Friday. I'll say, man. Good to have you. We got tired of Matt Leinert. We had him on on Wednesday. 